0: The Mahoning Valley Daily Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Mahoning Valley Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Ron Cabuno, and with me today is a special guest friend of mine, Mr. Paul Grilly. Thank you very much for coming in, sir.
1: Thanks for having me, Ron. Real Absolutely. Pleasure.
0: Glad to have you on camera because you are again one of the amateur historians uh, of Youngstown that I am just completely envious of. You have a wealth of knowledge that uh, is surpassed by very few, especially of your age, man. You got you got two lifetimes of knowledge, so I'm glad to have you on.
1: Well, I appreciate that and the kind words. Um, yeah, it's fun, you know. That's why right, like so- I'm at the top of the amateur ranks. They say I might go pro. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Well, you're going to get at least an honorary doctorate of some kind for that stuff sometime down the road, I'm sure.
1: And um, I really should. Like why should you should have a small presentation ceremony, for yep.
0: me? So, um th- let's tell everybody first about the Rust Jungle project if they don't know about it.
1: Yeah, so for about 20 to 25 years maybe. I'd have to go back and do that math, but wow. A long time, man like i i got like an actual like digital camera in like oh three but before that i had been like so i photograph industry right steel mills primarily primarily youngstown but like um i'll go anywhere or like the mahoning valley but not limited to that you know wherever somebody wants to give me access to or i can fly my drone into
0: yeah so first let me just say that I met you through uh, Soap Gallery in downtown Youngstown because we had a joint photography show and uh, you, myself, and uh, Stephen Pullis, um, we, exhi- we exhibited that night and um, your industrial photos were just absolutely fantastic and they are just one of the many of thousands of artifacts and uh, pictures that you've created. And, and part of this project, this ongoing project, a lifelong project, of love, of history, and and the grit of Youngstown and the steel mills, and it's just it's just mind blowing. All all that you've put into it,
1: I put some time. You know, I wouldn't even I wouldn't be mad if that was my life's work because, sure. you know, um, you and know, I talked earlier, and I was thinking like, there's historians and people out there that write about New York City, like at length, you know, or Chicago or whatever, like the Dust Bowl, you know, and uh, not too many that have really, like, written on Youngstown, and usually it's more, like, broad, so I just, my whole family was steel workers, and they weren't management, you know, actually, no, my mom's dad, I guess he did wind up running his rolling mill, I think he had a white hat, that's that's like a thing, you know, you got the white hard hat, yeah, keep (laughs) it clean, and
0: that's how you know you're up
1: there, Uh uh-huh, And you probably don't pay any union dues, you know, probably management, but, um, so like, that was always like the side of it that I was interested in, although like Joseph Butler and like his book, the history of Mahoning Valley or whatever, it's a fascinating thing to me. But, um, so like history I've always been interested in and like the mills, you know, I grew up on the West side, close enough to see us steel from the house when it was still there. And we'd go down and, like, screw around and what was left of the mill when we got a little older. Um, these older kids, like, built a skate park in the old pattern storage warehouse. and just well, what, whatever. Do you
0: think, what do you think drew you to documenting it? Like, was it just cool to take pictures of? Or did you feel like some of this stuff might go away and it'd be nice to have later? Eventually.
1: And maybe at first, I don't know. Like, I just... I don't even think I had, like, the internet then. I don't even know of, like, urban exploring. At some point, I did find, like, an urban exploration website. I was like, this is, I got all these pictures, you know? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Well, it became a thing.
0: Urbex, you know, that was, like, probably 10, 15 years ago where, you know, social media and the internet, finally people were able to start showing and sharing all their really crazy adventures. And, you know, just you had already gotten a couple-decade head start living growing up in these areas that have these amazing artifacts that you know you couldn't help but want to document and that's just awesome
1: yeah and so that's what it is now and what it has been so you know just trying to if i don't take the photo probably nobody did and um there's so many things i've photographed that have been torn down for so so long you know um i haven't even posted about it yet and i think the building is almost knocked down but like the original Schwabels Bakery. Mm-hmm. Which if you're from Youngstown, like you know that smell about that clown on that bag, you know, the giant loaf that you might line your um, moon boots with in the wintertime. Oh, yeah. you go to Rocky Ridge and go <laughs> sled riding.
0: Big hill, baby.
1: <clears throat> um, you know, but it was the original Schwabels Bakery, like right off of Center Street. Um a handsome looking building, you know. I mean, it was probably built in like the thirties or 20s or 30s so it had kind of like an art deco vibe to it and uh but it's mostly gone you know everything like sheet and tube those mills like in camel a lot of it has been torn down since I've been down there with the camera so I don't know I mean that's just it trying to like I take the photos and then you know once I started like getting <clears throat> whatever some exposure to, like internet social media websites or whatever I started to put it out there which has been super cool. Yeah
0: and which you've been fun. like you've been interviewed by media companies around the world haven't you?
1: Yeah man yeah. Um
0: A lot of people way. have been wanting to you know get a little drop of your wellspring of knowledge because you got a lot.
1: I think so man and like uh, you know so a lot of that was like around the time of the the election right in like 2016. Sure. Yeah, like you know how that goes like you come into this... focus
0: and then you you you're gone the next day. Yeah. Look at the this story town. Story
1: Uh-huh. Shell of its former self, you know.
0: Don't sell your home says uh the former
1: guy. I mean, I I mean some people bought it, you know.
0: Yeah. Um, no. You... That's a that's a story for another time.
1: Yeah, but that's like what, you know, at the Newsweek it was like their chief Washington correspondent he just called my phone one day, you know. And he was Wild. writing some story, yeah, man, about, like, the economy, That this is, like, 17 or 18, so, like, Trump had already been elected, but I just kept, like, talking about, like, how GM had just cut the second shift at Lordstown, like, the mills are gone, dude, they've been gone, like, I don't know too many people that are still holding out hope.
0: Oh, yeah, on but to that, the next, please.
1: <laughs> right, like, um, and then, you know, and then, like, GM just audios, but... So yeah, that's what a lot of it was, but there's been some really cool, you know, um, I got to meet and to know the guys that wrote, um, Journey to Nowhere and, uh, and their children after them, um, which were one of them they won a Pulitzer Prize for. So the guy, the authors, Dale Maharaj and then, uh, Michael Williamson, like did all the photography, including like a picture, at um, this guy, he was probably, he was wearing like overalls or whatever. And his son, like in the Jeanette Blast furnace in Briar Hill, like before it was tore down, he's just holding his little boy, you know? Yeah. He's got like this look. And I, I'd i seen the photo. I honestly didn't like know about these guys when I first met him. Those I was stares, like, he,
0: those looks, those hardened dudes holding little babies, man, there's such a dichotomy there. It's it's
1: it's breathtaking. And the kid even looked hardened, you know? He was probably like <laughs> yeah, two or three. But he looked like he had been. Through He's seen the, some so stuff quick, already. Oh, so quick! Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, you know, just um on the on the um well, first I just want to let our audience know that I'm hoping that this is going to be an ongoing series of conversations where we can talk about the history of Youngstown with you. And uh, again, very glad to have you on the show for our first installment.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm glad. You know, I like to talk. There's so many things I haven't like written and put on like my site or any social media that. You know, the best part of, like, what I've been doing is getting to talk to these old-timers and having them, like, just, like, the minutiae, you know, like, the little day-to-day, whatever went on in the mills, like, that's what I want to know, you yeah. know? <clears throat> um, I don't really want, you know, I'm not too concerned with, like, the board of directors or <laughs> whoever made, no, like, the, the big, broad stuff, stuff.
0: That, that's already been done because those are the people who were privy to writing the history in the first place. Mm. Uh, you know, when you see a picture of the old, um, you know, lunchroom or whatever, and there's a calendar on the wall and it's still set to a certain day. You're like, you know, you get brought back and you try to put yourself into that time, that exact day where it was like closing time. and What happened on all the thousands of days that happened before that and how the rust got on that lunch pail. It, it, that's that's the important stuff. Um, you
1: mean them calendars I've seen, man? You mean them calendars I've seen like hanging on a wall? that just that ended in whatever like yep. newcastle refractories it was it was like oh four or whatever and next day it was this uh typed out letter you know effective immediately decisions were made like idle newcastle plant they made like fire brick or like see them there copperwell was, and warren some of uh, those places you work. don't
0: even get to go back inside it's on the front door
1: there's been a lot of lockers full of stuff and uh, like that's like just the stickers and, and that that the guys had like in the lockers, you know, like that. Like, yeah, it's fascinating to me. It's also heartbreaking. But yeah, you're right. Or maybe they just didn't want to go back in. Yeah, you know. But
0: it's a real document of a life lived and a career had, and you know, sweat expelled. Um, yeah. For me, like I, you know, I go around the city or just any city, and I wish I had like on every corner a photographic record of everything that had been there before. Like, show me the Boardman Plaza 20 years ago. Show me it 50 years ago. I want to see it all, and I want to understand it, you know? So, like, I feel like that kind of stuff should be available at a moment's notice with the kind of technology that we have nowadays. Like, we should all be extremely ensconced in our history or at least have it available to us so we can't say we didn't know and we didn't have access to it, you know?
1: Yeah. There's no excuse for ignorance at that point, you know, and not ignorance in like the bad way. just, you don't know. So many people just don't know, you know, because
0: it has not been, uh, Hey, we're lazy people. If it's not given to us in a real convenient way, then sometimes we're not going to reach out to get it, or we don't know all the proper avenues to go to get that kind of stuff. Sometimes that's not in the Tyler historical center. A lot of the stuff that we're talking about isn't part of the permanent collection, but it should
1: be. And if it is, it's probably in the archives, you know? Way deep.
0: And it's not digitized. So much of the stuff they have there is not digitized. Like, get me some grant money to get some students in there to start putting all this stuff on, you know, multiple formats so that it can survive. God forbid if anything happens to a collection or, you know, things get lost, like things get lost to time.
1: They do. I appreciate like the, um, I always want to call it the steel museum, but the- Museum of Labor and Industry. Yeah yeah, yeah 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 um a, lo- a lot of their archives are online you know mm-hmm. which is they're searchable like they yeah. someone recently put up like all the sheet and tube company bulletins the ohio history project
0: yeah is a big one that's like the um the catch-all online for a lot of that stuff
1: yep and that's who like ho- hosts it or maybe they fund it or something like that um my cousin's wife actually was—that's what she was doing, like up until very recently, when like their business they started took off. But she was in Columbus, you know, live down there, and like digitizing files—totally
0: necessary work.
1: That's, yeah, that's awesome. But I—I I encourage you, like, if you you know if you like that, that kind of history, go to the upstairs to the archives at the uh, Museum of Industrial of Labor. I, man, I don't know, but the Steel Museum. And the lady up there is uh, Martha.
0: She's great.
1: She's helped me out with
0: a lot of of stuff. before? Yeah. She's fantastic. about that table in the rotunda? Yeah. tell you
1: about that? Yes. Like the Italian, like, stonemason made this, it's like a giant, like, mosaic table, round. It's got the atomic energy symbol in it, I think. And, like, the guy, like, made it in the 50s. And it was in, like, the sheet and tube office headquarters when they are in Boardman. I know she told me that. And, uh, and yeah, so he just like donated it. Beautiful. How would you know? I'd be, otherwise you'd be like, look at this table. Uh, <laughs> where'd you get it from? You know, uh, value city. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, you have to have people like Martha who are there to learn. Um, That's true. So, so I'm like are- Martha,
1: the internet in the steel mills, you know, I just put it out there.
0: (laughs) We're getting around to, um, to Christmas time. Uh, And I was just wondering, do you have like any, any Christmassy memories that are real uh, Valley specific? Oh, for sure, you know. um, What what comes to mind?
1: Fish. I'm part Italian, you know, so.
0: (laughs) Seven fish?
1: Yeah, we did like We don't now, but we still sure. make smelts. Nice. actually, so my in laws are also Italian, and my father in law was born there, so they, they go a little harder with the fishes. So they yeah. make seven, I don't think they serve any meat on Christmas Eve. And like when I was younger, my great grandma and them um, lived in Newcastle, PA, you know, so we would go over the river, through the woods, sister just, city
0: in so many ways.
1: Yeah, yeah, Newcastle's like. It's so similar to Youngstown, yeah. you know. Yep. And Sharon and everywhere else, you know. But um yeah, we go out there and have, you know, bacala or whatever it's called, the uh-huh. salty fish. And uh with smelts like that. And I still to this day, like that's my job, you know, Christmas uh or Christmas eve morning. Like I'll help my father in law like pull the get the spines out of there.
0: You know nice. I was at kid- uh Cornersburg Italian specialties the other day and got me in the mood because i saw their list of holiday you know menu items you can get yeah. and everything was on there and smelts was on there but it said in parentheses next to it if available you know and i was like oh, that's right i think they had like a shortage no. like last year or the year before yeah yeah, yeah. and they're really tough to come by so i'm just like all right i'm gonna get my order in early and cross my fingers because yeah. i'm not pre- i'm not prepping them I didn't get. I got raised on the Greek side more than the Italian side, so we All literally right. never got to experience the six six fishes and a mollusk evening. Um, <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm jealous of everyone who got to have that really, really authentic experience, man. But I will devour some schmelz.
1: Yeah, I eat them like they're like potato chips or something.
0: You know, one of my favorite memories is finally telling my sister what they were after she just got done pounding a plateful of them when she was. Like four or five years old she never ate another one her whole life <laughs> oh she didn't like the fact they were just
1: like beheaded fish
0: <laughs> couldn't couldn't stand it she thought they were like chicken nuggets or something i don't know man kind of they're, yeah. they're wonderful no but just the knowing for her was too much i'm like well more for me chicken of the sea
1: baby give me them wings <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> i mean was, those are sustainable and that's like, that's like real immigrant living, but it's also something that they brought over from the old country where small oily fish is what you could make us, you know, your, your subsistence on.
1: I guess you could. Yeah, they've probably been canning, you know, or whatever fish over there. And it's just a small, I mean, it's like a minnow. It's probably like a bait fish. I don't even know, like. It is, Normally, but it, those,
0: those have lower mercury content and Ooh. they are much more sustainable. So that's like, kind of like the meat of the future, if you will. If, unless we want to start eating bugs,
1: uh, I'll take the smelts all day. <laughs> exactly.
0: Exactly.
1: And I got a guy. I got a guy down here. This, this Italian guy, and he's got a coffee shop, whatever wine shop down the block. So he pl- he plugged me into the wholesale fishmonger. You know, Ooh, so for nice. like the last three years, I just made a call. Man, I I didn't see the shortage. You know, we just <laughs> you got the plug. On, yeah, the I swear God, I'll go I'll go down the coffee shop, and he'll like just give me like you know this big cooler full of. And it's like That's a hot fantastic. spot, you know? That's so I fantastic. walk in and I get an owner of the head nod and he just gets me be like four pounds of smelt, you know? <laughs> Somehow you
0: have found a way to live back in time. Only you.
1: You got to adapt, man. Yeah. <laughs> Cincinnati is not that kind of town. I live in Cincinnati, you know, I write about Youngstown a lot. I talk about it a lot. Um,
0: yeah, currently a Youngstown place. expat, but it lives within mm-hmm. you.
1: Yes. You know, yeah, I'm still, you know, I was never... One of the ones that was like, "Oh, can't wait to get out of here! I'm gonna like tell people from North Lima or something." You know, <laughs> yeah, I'm from where I'm from, and uh, so we bring it too. down here. You know, here's a little uh, valley-specific Christmas reference. So, one year we made pitzels. Actually, every year we make pitzels. How North are you with the hands? Um, I'm I'm here for it. You know, All right, good. Yeah, I like the traditional. Also, like a vanilla or chocolate. Same. Sometimes I do, like, a little black and white cookie thing. You can't turn your head to quality. It's
0: there, but you know what the original is.
1: And, like, the original, like, for these people here, they're, like, what do they keep calling them? Flat waffles or something? I'm, like, man, I told you. It's called a Pitzel. It's a cookie. It's really not even a waffle, even though it looks oh like but, but They love them. They eat them, you know. But I'm trying to explain, like, peppers and oil. Like, I brought some of that and, like, put it out. We I don't know if it was a potluck at work or what. I'm like, what is this? It smells spicy. I'm like, yeah, kind of. What do you put it on? I'm like, I don't know, saltine. Throw it on a crustine, yeah. yeah, whatever. Saltine, crustine, you know, put it on a pepperidge farm, <laughs> whatever you want. <laughs> Just put. check it out. You're gonna love it. Yeah, eggs, pizza. They kept calling um, it spicy dip. I'm like, what are you dipping <laughs> in <laughs> Spicy dip. Man, bring that culture down there, fun, bro. You know? Somebody has to, you know. I'm like the Johnny Appleseed with Hungarian hot peppers.
0: That's fantastic. That's fantastic.
1: I grow. Did, them, you, you, know? did you see the
0: um, the special edition Mahoning Valley Scrappers jerseys when they changed their name to Peppers and Oil once a year? I almost bought the hat. I almost I bought one so
1: bad. It. It's like neon yellow or something. I, I don't know. It's the coolest. I, just, thing. I know. It's how, is the, how is that
0: not their name all the time? Get out of here with that. <sighs> You'd be the coolest team in 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 North American sports if you were called the Mahoning Valley Peppers. <laughs> <all day.
1: laughs> Spicy dip. Oh yeah! Well, for the out of towners, that's what they call. It, so yeah. That's, right. that's what, on road games. Yeah. You know, switch the jersey <laughs> up. Christmas is lit. I still love like Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. You know, but midnight well, they, mass. That was they wild. just had. Uh,
0: I don't know if you saw any of the photos, but Youngstown Flea had uh, their thing out on Phelps Street this past weekend.
1: Yeah, look, it was like lit, like It flea. was literally lit. Yeah. Yeah. A I ton just, of people, it looked really nice.
0: It was amazing. It looked like a Hallmark movie down there. And the and, and the tree lights, well. They did a great job. And that's that's how you bring people together, you know.
1: Yeah, for sure. That's good people. That's, you know, Derek that runs Youngstown Flea and that. I've um, known him forever, you know, and he just, even before any of that, like, he looked out for me and we worked together. You know, just a good dude. And, like, yeah. definitely, like, tries to bring, like, everybody, you know. So there I are support a lot that. Out
0: there that are just pure of spirit and there for the right reasons. And, yeah, whenever yeah. I see people getting behind the projects that they have going, it makes me feel
1: real good. I love to see it. I love to see, like, them in, like, Penguin City getting along, working together, you know, um, which I've, like, done some things with them. I don't know them. Like, I know Derek from The Flea, but they seem like real good people, too. You know? I only
0: know Richie from Gil Harris Party Dream, and I wish people <laughs> knew him
1: more from that. <laughs> Man, my cousin my cousin had to tell me about that band, right?
0: Yeah. I've seen them. In- we used to go when I was living in Los Angeles. I'd see them when they would come every year. We'd—I think i have seen them in Chicago. Like well, they toured like that. They did. They were kind of big on the uh, on the lower circuits there for a while. They got a deal. I think it was like with Fat Possum or or I don't know somebody. Maybe it was the Black Keys uh, label. Mm. But like they they got put on there for a little while, and they were really ahead of their time in a lot of ways, and it's cool that. Homeboy's got a beer company now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's cool. I didn't know they, I mean, maybe I did know they were like kind of, kind of like nationally known or regionally or whatever. Yeah. Were they like a, more of a Cedars band or not, a Bingy band?
0: A Bingy band. Were they? Bingie, and they would play every year at Christmas time. And, you know, because if they were out of town, that's when they were to get back. And people, it was like a homecoming for a lot of people with just, you know, beer-soaked shirts by the end of the night.
1: Man, I wish I would have been to more, I don't know, I was just always really into, like, rap, you know? So I used to be at, like, rap clubs or shows. Yeah. I've been to, you know, I know, I mean, I've been to, I guess, a couple of shows at the Naya Bingy.
0: Absolute landmark. Cedars,
1: the too. Yeah. Both. both. Yeah. Yeah, the old Cedars, too, you know? The Bingy, yeah. I don't know, it just seemed, like, super grimy. I was like, yeah, all right it might have been like a metal show or something
0: it was well yeah i mean it was like one of the best metal venues in in all of the east and people would come and that's where you know uh it was just such a nexus for metal and you find out about that later it's like wow that's really cool it's not my scene but i'm glad you know people wanted to come to youngstown to thrash
1: people should know that yes people People should should know. know youngstown was known for that um i've seen uh it was like Sean, Sean Posey that talked a lot about, um, club that's attached to Molly's bar, you know, uh-huh. the good wing special. Yeah. Like these major, like singers used to come through there. Um, okay. So, you know, we're like Penguin city and the uh, Youngstown flea is now. Right. Yeah. So there's like that big, like warehouse building in between the two. It's like right mm-hmm. across, <clears throat> you know, like back in the day, Way back in the day, it was, like, a coat factory, right? It would have been, like, uh, it was called, like, Weatherby, you know? It would have been, like, I don't know who even makes coats. It would have been, like, the North Face factory or something, you know? And uh, But then when I, I was, like, like late 90s, early 2000s, it was, just like, a somewhat illegal skate park in there. Awesome. Dude, Like like, BMXers and skaters would come from everywhere. It was completely lawless. I'm talking, like, full, like, half pipes, quarter pipes, spines, uh, whatever else, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, skate. You dude, know, Skatopia. That's that's a Northeast Ohio version of Skatopia.
1: Dude. I mean, it was. I didn't even, like, my cousins and bu- buddies and them wrote, like, BMX. I mean, I kind of did, but I just, just go down there and party. Just did, yes. you know, it up. It's like Neverland. Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, exactly. So that's, that's probably going to have to be part of our... Um, our, the new founded project here. Um, yeah. The uh, the Youngstown Top 1000. That's how oh, we yeah. make
1: this recurring. I just pop up with like a different like fact, you know. <laughs> that sounds good. I think i talked about two like bootleg skate parks on here at the warehouse <laughs> downtown, 1090 warehouse, they called it, and at U.S. Steel, which was super sketchy. Yeah. Super sketchy.
0: Get your tetanus shot and uh, make sure you know where the exits are.
1: Yeah, man, it was, like, a six-story building that was up there on, like, one of the floors. And it was a pattern shop, so there was no windows, uh, except for one side. So if there was a fire, like, the wind wouldn't, like, backdraft it or whatever and burn oh up all the patterns. Yeah. Like, boundary molds, you know? That, yeah, um, that sounds
0: nice and sketchy. Oh, anyway. yeah. yeah. Um,
1: I was scared. No. <laughs> I might have been there once or twice, so Get me out of here.
0: No, I just... I think I could break a bone looking at a sta- at a skateboard, dude. That's not that's never been my jam.
1: No. Nah, bikes was more like my speed, like I just I wouldn't even I'd ride around. I wouldn't jump things. I think I like <laughs> dropped into one like bowl at a skate park and it was like I was you know, I'll wait for Chiaga Lake. That's it. That, you know. Uh-huh. Wrap me in.
0: Well, Paul, I'm gonna wrap this one up. We're gonna do this again um real soon. And um if we don't do it before Christmas, I want you to have a really good holiday.
1: Same to you, man. Um, Merry Christmas, New Year's. Maybe we'll do it before because I'll be home, you know. But All right. Um, if you're
0: home, we'll do this in person. That would be really cool.
1: Yeah, we should. I like to talk, and I got plenty of BS to talk about. So
0: Yes, you do. Well, I can't wait to, you know, tap into the Wellspring one more time. <laughs> um, right. Take care. And uh, we'll talk to you soon.
1: All right, Ron. Take it easy.